You're listening to the Secret Muse Society, where we pull out the things we keep hidden about ourselves. What are the secrets that actually hold us back from the connection we crave? And what happens when we tap into the inspiration we have to offer the world? I'm your host, authenticity coach, Karen Choi. Let's dive in together. Hello, muses. I have a special treat for you today. I have a guest for the very first time, a beautiful friend named Kathleen Yamazaki. And Kathleen is the kind of person who you meet on the street and you instantly feel like she, your souls are in the same place. If that makes any sense. Like when I first, uh, Kathleen and I, our kids go to the same school. Actually, our kids are both in the same kindergarten class. And I always kind of saw her walking her kids to school and she would wear this really great tie-dyed jumpsuit, which I totally loved because it was like grayish tones with this kind of like dusty rose colored track pants. And she just looks so cool. And I think it the coolness factor there was validated or it was proven that my cool factor, my cool radar is on point because then when we finally talked, Kathleen is the kind of person who just like invites you into her heart and you just feel like it's a safe place to be absolutely yourself. And it's because she's the kind of person who shows up so honestly and so with like this sense of peace that it, she's she's a safe place. And if I could give you two words that, or three words that that describe Kathleen, she's safe in terms of your safety, but also that's because she's so kind and she's creative. And so I, for me, that, I guess, creates the safety is that she's so kind. You know that she sees you for who you are without much judgment. And she brings this air of creativity. It's not just about creating art, but creating a moment and creating safety and creating connection and creating whatever needs to happen in a present moment. Kathleen is the kind of person who will stop with you to admire a tree swallow perched on a blade of grass and tell you how they build their nests. And Kathleen is the kind of person who is not afraid to share where she is on her personal growth journey, where she is in exploring how she connects to herself, her nature, people that she loves, how she connects to who she is and what she wants to see this world to be. And so Kathleen is the kind of person that is like oozing the muse energy. (laughs) And so I'm so honored that she agreed to be the first guest for today and walked through the process with me (laughs) of our clumsy technical problems and left with me about the fact that we can't blame it on Mercury retrograde. (laughs) And you are just going to love this talk with Kathleen. Whatever, Whenever we go for walks, she has these insights and these nuggets of wisdom from her own journey that she brings up that just really resonates and touches my heart. And so I know that she will do the same for you. Hi, Kathleen. Wow. I'm so touched. I'm receiving all of that. 
that was that just makes my heart sing hearing all those things and just trying to receive it without being too without pushing it away i'm just going to receive what you just said that was lovely i'm really touched thank you you give me goosebumps <laughs> because just then you've expressed like this honesty that i was talking about how receiving not praise but receiving like an acknowledgement can often be hard and oh that's for sure yeah and even just acknowledging the fact that we have this tendency to want to push it away or to deny mm-hmm. it or to give it less than maybe we could you're just being open to holding space for it and saying you're receiving yeah i think sometimes we make way more room for the the giving the less nice things though you know we we give yeah. more space for the when we notice a negative quality in ourselves or we hear negative feedback, like those can get a lot louder. So as you were just introducing me, I just had to con- consciously tell myself, like, I can feel you getting squiggly, but just stop and listen and receive it. Yeah, that's so lovely. I'm so honored to be your first guest. I listen every week to your podcast and I get so excited when it pops up on Tuesday mornings. And I just love what you're doing here. I love hearing your musings. Amazing. Thank you so much, Kathleen. And I receive that too. (laughs) So the number one thing that I feel like you have to offer the fellow muses listening today is that you have been on your own journey of finding yourself. And you have done that a lot through art and creating. And one of the things that really attracted me to you and your story when we first met was the fact that you were starting to claim and own the title of artist. Oh, yeah, that took some time. And it took, I think I had to start saying it before I really fully believed it. Like, I think even when you and I were first talking and you just sort of, we were going back and forth asking about each other's lives. And, and even at that point when I'd had my business, my fiber art business for a year, I was still feeling discomfort and saying I'm an artist. Like it was some, because I think I was still putting it on such a pedestal outside of myself instead of like, you know, integrating it and realizing that it's just, and it's just one facet of myself too, instead of it being like, now I am, and it's this big, like, and I see it in other people too. When I share that I'm an artist, I see that, oh, whoa, artist, (laughs) like this funny pedestal we put certain titles on. Mm, that's so interesting. It's really interesting. Yeah. And do you think that that was one of the reasons why you shied away from claiming it because of the discomfort of someone putting you on a pedestal? Or what do you think that was? I think there are a lot of layers to it, for sure. I do think that I started to get so far away from my artist because my inner artist, because I got a little too perfectionistic about what that meant. And it was so othered in me. You know, I surrounded myself with other people who are artistic and sort of told myself that, you know, my, my role, I'm not very talented. So my role is just 
to surround myself with artistic people and not to be them. So I even looked into, you know, art curation and all these other things that would have me around artistic people. But I still felt so separate from them because I got too, as I said, just too perfectionistic about just showing up and writing on a page or showing up with paintbrush or you know, just trying out a craft that I'm curious about. Like it became me comparing myself to people, you know, who had been doing it for years and were at like a different point in their journeys as an artist. And so when I stopped doing that, I think it was easier to just realize how simple it is actually to be an artist. And also that we all are artists, you know, so to claim that is maybe giving other people permission to as well. Oh my gosh. Where I'm at right now (laughs) with it anyway. What I'm getting from that is that by putting it on a pedestal, it separated you. Exactly. And I can't help but wonder like how many things do we actually put on a pedestal thinking that it is perfect or it has to be a certain way and Mm -hmm. how that separates us from each other as people. Even when you said like, you would share with somebody that you're an artist and immediately you kind of feel like this disconnect, I guess, like yeah. who an artist. I think a squiggliness, and I would say. The, the squiggliness, sorry. <laughs> the squiggliness cringy. of just like, oh, what does that mean? Or yeah. or like I'm I'm like I'm playing a role, you know, like I'm sort of it's it's make believe or it's dress up or something like that. You know, I'm just doing that. And but I just had a thought as I heard you mirroring what I said back to me a little bit is that actually by putting it on a pedestal, it kind of gave me an excuse to tuck that part of myself away, you know, because I I allowed that distance to to kind of be an excuse to be like, okay, well, you know, if if that's not going to be your whole life, then there's not really any space for that. So it's it's been such an important thing, like, I even find through my creativity, through my being an artist or embracing that important part of myself is that I'm like finding myself. I think I mentioned to you, I find when I make things, I'm kind of looking for myself in them. Yeah, I loved that. And I kind of, I don't even know what that is, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I just know it when I see it usually. Or when Um, you touch it. Yeah. It's almost like you think as you touch. I think you so. You think as you build. Hey, can yeah. you tell the listener what what kind of art do you make? Yes, that's important, isn't it? I make fiber art. That's what I call it. And But it's a little bit of a mixture of weaving. I do some macrame and their tapestries, for example, that you can hang on your wall. It's kind of a boho thing that's come back for sure very intensely. And only started exploring it a few years ago. I been it, you know, I'd had a little cross stitch kit that I hadn't touched in a few years, and I took it out of a drawer and I gave myself permission to finish it imperfectly, and that led me to remember making friendship bracelets because it was made with embroidery thread. So I got some some embroidery thread. And that led me to remember that I was sort of curious about this weaving thing. So I made a loom out of like a clipboard from Pinterest or something. And anyway, and then I was just like lost down the rabbit hole of yarn and fiber and all that. 
and it led me to leaving. Amazing. And then I just couldn't stop. (laughs) Kathleen's, Kathleen's work is like the macrame that you hang on a wall. Like right now we're talking through video. And so I could see in, in your background, she finds these like beautiful pieces of wood and she's a, like, and starts to create her weavings around them and to incorporate them. And the vibes I get from your fiber art is texture. It's touch. It's kind of chunky and wooly, but soft. That's what it feels like. And I'm, I'm like rubbing my fingers right now. Cause when I think of you, I think of, I do this for some reason. And then, and then in terms of like the, the vibe, it's like, and I've told you this is I feel landscapes. Like when I look at your art, I see sunsets and sunrises. I see moon cycles. I see landscapes of meadows and rolling hills and mountains. The colors that you choose are just so beautiful. Like Kathleen recently started selling these kits where she has recorded an instructional video and provides you with all of the different colors of yarns. Like she's just got this color palette that is so yummy. It's like, it smells like sandpaper, but also rum and a little bit of Earl Grey. I don't know. That's what's coming to me right now with lavender. Like that, I'm just thinking about the kit that I had bought from you. It's, and like a splash of lemon. It's just like, it's a very sensory kind of experience when we meet you and meeting your art. So thank you for sharing that. You've, you've also, in terms of an artist, write. You write your life. You write a kind of poetry. Can you tell me, because it was cool what you were sharing about how like fabric art, how you came into this artist of you was really about embracing a part of you that you were hiding. You were hiding the pedestal, that you were hiding this big idea of what an artist means and how you were hiding that you have to do it all or nothing or what other people would think or what you would expect from yourself. So you were hiding this big version and it made me think of the Marianne Williamson quote about how often we're afraid of our smallest, we're afraid of our failure, but actually we're really more afraid of our success. That, that's, that's what brought up for me, right? Like when we think of the pedestal, it's, you're not afraid of going down into the, I guess the bottom of the well. You're not afraid of that spot. You were actually more afraid to step up into that pedestal and reach for that. Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. And I just think that we're so comfortable in in our discomfort because it's what we know. And to step outside of that, even if it's the best thing that's going to happen to us, is totally unknown. And that's fucking scary. And I think, you know, I know that you have also done The Artist's Way and part of doing the artist way and sort of like letting myself, giving myself permission to learn and start and not be perfect and not, not know what I'm doing also was such a huge step into kind of accepting or giving myself permission to, to trust myself, I think. And when you mentioned the kits, part of the whole 
you know, idea behind the kits was just giving people tools to create from themselves, you know, not, not just like mirror back what I make, but actually go, okay, here are some great tools that are really simple. And now you get permission to create whatever comes out of your heart and you're totally capable and there's no way you can do this wrong. And I, I think that's why I was so attracted to weaving my tender artist's heart was really afraid of failure or rejection. There was just so much fear coming up and weaving is so forgiving. Like yarn is so, you get some good juicy yarn and everything's going to look beautiful. Like it just will, you know, and you can kind of make it up as you go. I loved that because what popped out for me when I heard you say how you had to you had to admit that you don't know and you had to admit mm-hmm. that there's uncertainty in order to trust yourself. Cause so funny how we, we often go the reverse way. We're like, I will trust myself when I know for sure. And when everything is certain and you're just like, yeah, which it never is. No, you actually have to admit that you know nothing in order to trust yourself with what you actually know. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's been such a huge, healing. I think it will be probably a lifelong journey of of that, but I feel like it's been such a huge part of being able to show up and like sparkle in the way that I I in the way that I'm able to in in this moment, you know, because I gosh, I was just didn't even know I was walking around with like all these ideas about who I was supposed to be and how I was supposed to show up and, and how to talk to people and what that's supposed to look like. And I was so unconsciously muddled in this whole story about who I'm supposed to be that I, I actually like totally lost the path of who that was. And so, yeah, part of, you know, getting, learning who I am authentically, getting to, you know, trust myself and my, which I think is like trusting our intuition, which we all have, is kind of getting to a place where I'm not afraid to show up and say, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing, or I'm kind of a mess today. And that's okay. Like, I don't need somebody else to tell me that I'm okay for me to be okay in that sort of like unknown messiness, you know, and that's taking a long time, but that's taking a long time. That's part of your sparkle, right? Like the the next question I was going to ask you was, what are you allowing yourself to express? What are you allowing to be seen? And so what I just heard from that was that you're allowing yourself to be seen as messy and imperfect. And you're also allowing yourself to be seen as someone who is okay with it and reassures herself that she's going to be okay. Yeah. You're so good at reflecting with clarity back to me. I just, I think that's such an amazing gift of yours. Oh, thank you. To anyone to be able to do that. I was listening to your episode about external, internal processing. I was like, whoa, I'm such an external processor. Sometimes I, I'm like afraid what I've said, but I said to you, like, I'm just going to trust whatever comes out and not be too rigid in, you know, being, allowing myself to be okay in what I know now. And that that can change and I can only speak from who I am in this moment, right? And I do think part of showing up and allowing myself to be, well, you know what, whatever. I was probably a mess before too. I'm not saying that wasn't true, but I guess I'm not trying to, you know, contort myself to 
avoid most people seeing that, you know, and there's always been the people that I allow to see that. But I, I find that because I'm sourcing my validation more from within myself, like more than ever in my life. And, and because I'm going with the flow of my own energy and my own desires more than I ever have, because I didn't know what those were for a long time. So now that I'm getting tuned into that more in my life, it's much easier to show up fully all the sides of myself, the shadow and the light without feeling like I'm going to be rejected, you know, by the world or this thing that I can't quite pinpoint, you know, something's going to happen where I'm going to be not, I've be shown that I don't belong somehow. And so it's just so much easier when I realize I kind of belong to myself and that's safe no matter what, that I can, I can show up and I can experiment more and I can show up as a beginner who doesn't know and like who is ready to play and isn't too rigid about my ideas. And I think it's only the, I think for me, I've learned it's the only way I can, I think it must be my Scorpio rising, but I'm like obsessed with the healing and why things happen and all that. So, you know, my son's in my 12th house. Anyway, so I just think that all of that makes me kind of obsessed with like, you know, the phoenix burning and rising again and like just growing and learning and healing constantly. So that's been my journey to that. I love this. Like, so you are allowing yourself to be seen for a person who's not too rigid, a person who loves to play, a person who's tapping into her inner child again, a person who has a deep like fire and feels like she's a phoenix rising. Like by allowing yourself to stop hiding the artist in you, you are allowing all these parts of yourself to be seen. You're yeah, thank you. You're so good at summarizing. I absolutely just allowing myself to be creative and, you know, being artistic or being creative in your life, it by no means has to be one kind of medium. Like definitely my gateway to allow myself to create the way I am is definitely writing. You know, when my daughter was little, I was like, had a blog and it was all about just my just experience in motherhood. Cause I just felt like, Oh my God, this is crazy. And I was reading other blogs. I love reading them. I'm like, I can do that. So I I started to do that and it was so healing for me. And that led me to like work on another writing project. And then that allowed me to give myself permission to try these more, you know, visual arts. So, but I think I'm creative in the way I parent. I think I'm creative in the way that I dress myself and show up in the world and talk to people and listen to people. I appreciate how you are redefining creativity outside of what the, I guess, instinctive thought or meaning to creativity is, is always art. But we are creating in every aspect of our lives, like you said, in parenting, in how you show up, in how you dress, in how you speak, like we are creating experiences and lasting energy in so many different ways than just as in certain mediums of art. So I love that you did that. Because that's so important for the muse to know is that she's creative in her cooking. She's creative in how she manages her finances. She is creative in how she organizes her home. It's you are actually your art is you sorry, your life is art and you are the artist Mm -hmm. in all the ways. I think that we're all here as creatives. Like I I think that 
living requires creativity. And I think, I think it's really, I think I know that I hit a wall where I wasn't, you know, feeding my spark for a while. And that's why I went on this, this journey, which has been so rewarding and tough of just finding, figuring out how to show up more fully as myself. And like, I'm still on that journey for sure. But I think I kind of want to like shout from the rooftops, how every, you know, after doing the artist way a couple of times and just like, everybody's creative. <laughs> you're, you're an artist. You you're know, an artist. Play I just want everybody to know. Me too. If you're not familiar with The Artist Way, it is a book and a program written by Julia Cameron. And it's a 12-week book that takes you through recovering different aspects of your creative self. And Kathleen got me back on it because I had put it aside, just like how she's saying, I put it on a pedestal and in a way had separated myself from my own creator. I have a lot of ideas about why we separate ourselves from our creator and how when we come back to our creator, we actually become way more connected and how that is a spiritual path. Well, actually, Julia Cameron calls the artist way a spiritual path, right? Absolutely. I think actually that can be one of the harder things when I've shared that book with folks. And it was it was a little triggering for me, too, but like all the God talk in it, you know, but I I feel like I've healed that relationship to my spirituality, but it was the journey for sure. I mean, yeah, like if we're getting down to it at the end of the day, getting in tune with my creative self, it has brought me back to spirituality and brought me back to like my, my sense of awe with, with the world around me and, and the world within me. And I don't think I could have reached that and found that and like, you know, built that relationship to my own, you know, spiritual practice again, because before it was in such a rigid, there was such a rigid idea around it because I grew up with in a really Christian home and my parents had a very specific idea of, of what that looked like. And so in my rebellion from that, you know, I really pushed away. But the sad part was that I, I did lose a thread in my connection to my own version of spirituality. So I've kind of like rediscovered that. And there's so many great resources and fun ways to play with like, you know, oracle cards and just like what my spirituality looks like is so different from from what I was raised into. And it's so lovely. And it has so much to do with creativity, I think. Yeah. Can we dive into that? How do you feel about going into that? Because happy to. Okay, because I'm seeing all these connections where how you talked about your creativity, your artist self felt like she was on a pedestal. And in our Christian upbringing, I have also felt that disconnection. I always felt like God, as our creator, is on this pedestal, is in heaven, is away from us. And the distance between where I am and where he or she was just seemed so far that it seemed almost hopeless to reach or even like to connect. It just seemed overwhelming and impossible. Now, when I started to see the God and creator within myself, to see myself as sovereign, to see myself like as already on somewhat of a pedestal, right? To see that if we are made in God's image, then God as a creator is also within us. We are also sovereign and we are also creative. And to express that then connected, like that just became the bridge. It wasn't even 
it wasn't even a bridge that I had to cross. It was almost like, it was almost like God was like a kite at the end of a string that I was just holding onto this string and waiting, right? For the kite to come down. And like how you said, when we rebel against our Christian religion, I felt that way too. Like I had just let go of the kite entirely, which made me feel totally disconnected. But now that creativity, really embracing my own creativity through coaching and through writing and through singing and just like playing with kids, experimenting, cooking, like seeing creativity in every single thing I do has allowed me to start reeling in that string, that kite string until I have that kite right in my hands. And then you feel like you're one, like it's not. And that to me, that's the spiritual connection is not like reaching, but rather walking with. It's like when you go into yourself and you see yourself, you also see God. And there's, and, and it used to seem so ridiculous because in my upbringing, I felt like I, it was audacious to say that I am God and God is, God is within and God is without, right? But actually when I thought of God as without, I felt like I was without God, that I was never going to touch that. I would never reach that. It was But when you bring it into yourself, like you realize it's there, you have it. You don't have to look out. You have to look within. How does, how does that sound for you? Like this analogy of the kite, God being the kite, we think that this string is what holds us together, but really it's about bringing it, like luring it in. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love, I can see it right away. Like I love the image of that and I feel it kind of in my body when I see that kind of separation and then connection when you bring it back to yourself. And I think, I think so much of the, the separating ourselves too from this one idea of God that we had growing up. I'm sure there were a lot of similarities that you and I had just with a Christian upbringing is that there's so many rigid ideas about good and bad. And I mean, I don't even know if I believe in those, you know, like sort of these so many ideas of like what behavior will allow you to be with God and what behavior will push you away from God. So even natural instincts that are really just normal parts of development and learning, I think a lot of Christian kids, you kind of internalize it. It's really intense. And, and actually what I'm learning through my own new definition of this spiritual practice is the, the spectrum and the nuance and, and the cyclical nature of learning and development and creativity and just like the cycles around us. Like every, all of that is mirrored to me everywhere is the, the nuance that, that things rarely fall into like really rigid ideas of, of good and bad, who is worthy, who is unworthy, who gets to go to heaven. Like I remember asking my, I don't, you know, asking my mom, like our pet would die and I'd be like, will our pet be in heaven? And she's like, well, I don't know. Pets aren't really allowed in heaven. You know, like just yeah. like funny ideas about there's all these conditions. There's so about, many conditions. Yeah. yeah. You know, and saying like, and you have to accept Jesus to be allowed to go to this place. To me, it just feels in my body. I know that's not true. If there is a place, that's just not how it would be. Like we're all, we all become we're all so part of the cycles of nature. And if you look outside and you look around you and you see that mirrored back to you in ourselves and the way that we function and the way that our, our energy 
is cyclical and our relationships are cyclical and nature and seasons. And I just feel like that makes so much more sense to me. And maybe that that's why there was something, you know, our, our, our inner senses knew that something wasn't quite right. But, you know, we just had to exist in the world that was being shown to us, right? Which was rigid and conditional and totally opposite of what black and white, right or wrong, good or bad, totally opposite of what we learned that God offers is unconditional love. That's right. And how it moves and it flows and it's uncertain, it's unknown, but what is there is trust. Yeah. I mean, wow. And like how much I'd say that's one of the biggest themes of my creativity and my knowing myself and like learning who I am and peeling away the layers and uncovering and remembering has totally been trust. And I think that, I mean, faith, of course, is trust, but it's also like, it's easier to see like the magic and the beauty around you when you just like, for example, like little synchronicities, right? Where you're like, you're thinking about something and let's say I'm thinking about a tree swallow and there it flies by my head, you know, and instead of overthinking it, I just like receive that. Like, okay, okay, universe. All right. You got me. You know, I think, I think there's a lot of trust in, in our ability to feel connected to our creativity and to whatever your like spirituality looks like. Also, I, I don't want there to be, I don't like dogmas. I just feel like there's so much room for so many different practices and ideas of like, you know, if you're not harming anyone and it's just helping you know yourself better and show up in the world with more compassion, I think there's so much room for so many different ideas about what it means to be connected. Totally. Like the one of the questions I was going to ask you is what did you have to let go in order to get to the place where you are now? Mm. And it's a lot of supposed to. Oh, yes. A lot of rigidity, a lot of conditions, a lot of old ideas about Mm -hmm. how things should be. Oh, that's for sure. That's what else? It's well, that one's really big, but there's so many layers, right? Like you'll think that you've worked through a layer and then you come upon kind of a trigger in your life and you realize that, oh, I have not quite healed that, you know, or, or I heard this idea of healing where it's like, it's a spiral, but it's going up a mountain, right? So we, as we turn around, you might hit the same spot, but you've kind of moved, you have moved and it looks different, but it, you know, But I think a big thing, what's happened in my life a lot and has kept me from fully embodying myself is being really sourcing a lot of validation from external things, from other people, totally unconsciously, but, you know, needing that feedback and kind of sometimes even asking people like, who do you think I am? What do I, who am I to you? You know, like. And I realized through some hard lessons that we're all walking around with our own stories and ideas of the world. And I really have actually no power over how people perceive me. And it's actually none of my business. And that's a really hard one. It's none of my business. And also there are people that have known me in the past, a different version of me. 
And they're never going to know the the version of me now. And I have to come to peace with that too. You know, they're not in my life anymore. So, so those things are really challenging and have kept me up at night. And yet I feel like closer to releasing. I, I notice it more. I notice when it comes up more. I'm like more conscious and more able to kind of acknowledge, okay, that feeling's coming up. That's okay. I see you feeling and I'm going to choose not to behave because it's, you know, in a way that like that supports that idea, you know, and, and that's when I like source within. Okay. Okay. You got this. Mm, I love that. It's a hard practice. So you're sourcing within because you're paying attention to what's going on inside rather than keeping at, keep asking questions from the outside. What's happening. Yeah. You're like, or like over explaining yourself, you know, like if, if you know what you're coming from and you know, you know, your, your intentions, of course, like we're just talking about a situation where we're doing no harm, you know, but like you're just, you know, you, you know, you're what you're coming from. You know that what you're doing, you're doing your best. You're showing up as fully as you possibly can in the moment. And that's the, that's what we have control over. That's what we have power over. I don't have power over how I'm perceived by others. And, and that used to really hurt a lot. And I think I used to just do like crazy gymnastics to try to avoid that feeling. And now I just, I'm just practicing trying to not behave from that, make choices from that place. Yeah. And how does it feel to let go of that, to let go of the importance of what other people think or having to correct it or to control it? It's actually shocking how simple it is <laughs> and how long the journey was there. Yeah. It's like so like silly, you know, you almost you, like I definitely have laughed at myself. I'm just like, it's this huge, like the little like mind blowing emoji, you know, <laughs> moment. And then you're just like, you know, nobody's celebrating for me, you know, like I'm looking for like the party and the parade or whatever. And it's just like, no, you just finally integrated something that was always there, you know, that it was always there for you. I have those moments too, where I'm like totally having the the mind blown moment and then the emoji with the, like the little party hat and the thing (laughs) and like all the booms and the fireworks and everything. You look around like nobody knows what just happened here. And so you're just like crazy feeling with giddiness. (laughs) That's amazing. It is nice to like be able to reflect back to to others that get it, you know, but you sure, don't, yeah. but even, you know, once I integrate something and actually like reflect it out loud or write it down, or it's usually when I'm reflecting it out loud, I'm just like, well, I guess that was kind of obvious, you know, it's like, oh, no. you know, but like to actually <laughs> for my inner child and, and my inner self to, to really know and integrate that was mm-hmm. my whole life. I spent my whole life, you know, waiting for the perfect kind of puzzle pieces to click into place for it to happen. But it's like so profound and it's so profound. And I just love that juicy stuff. I love healing stories and and like revelations that we can integrate into our lives and show up better and, you know, be our powerful queen cells in and totally, you know, but it's it's a long journey. It's a long journey. And I always, I have this theory of how awareness brings us into awe and how they're actually connected and they're in the same moment. And we feel like it's this long journey from awareness to awe, but actually they happen simultaneously in these really weird ways of how all the work that you've done clicks back into that 
moment. Like if you envision a infinity loop, the, and I'm showing, I'm, I'm like using my hands right now for those who can't I get see, to see it, it, which is everybody, but Kathleen can see it. <laughs> like that point in the very middle of the loop is where we have our awareness and through our awareness, we're able to acknowledge how we feel and the thoughts that we're thinking and what is within our control and what is without our control. And those are how we bring, how we act. And based on that, we always come back to awe in this such a fast moan of like how simple it was to either move forward or to release it, Mm -hmm. right? Or and the magic happens in that present moment. It's the only way you can be present, I think, actually, in a sense, is realizing what you have power over. And it's usually just how you receive in the moment. I think that's like, and and again, so simple and so profound, though, you know, there were so many years where I couldn't be present. It was totally scary to be present, you know. You know what you said that really blew my mind in that moment is like, just being open to what you can receive in the moment. Cause for me, I often get caught up in what can I give in this moment? And you said the total opposite. And sometimes that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. both are true. I think both can also exist at the same time. Exactly. And do all the time, you know, especially as parents, like, yeah, I think as any caregiver, anybody in a caring role, you know, that that is like a constant like dichotomy that you're like, you know, navigating and sort of like you're on a tightrope of that all the time. Like, and usually we over pivot to giving to beyond our capacity. We recently spoke about suffering. And I think I said something like really like, I don't believe in suffering or something, but I, but it's not entirely true. But I, I just feel like it's those moments where we can choose how much is the situation going to affect us. In what way is this situation going to affect us? If it's already hard, will like, you know, freaking out and throwing my hands in the air. And is that going to make any difference? You know, and, and it doesn't mean not feeling your feelings. I love a big hard cry or if you need to yell and whatever, but I think there in those moments, any moment we get to choose like who we're going to be, how we're going to show up and if we're going to be in it or we're going to be future tripping or like obsessed with how we failed in the past, you know, like it's the only thing we have power over. I think I'm probably going to have to remind myself that throughout my life forever and ever, forever and ever, forever and every ever time and ever. you come back to that spot on the mountain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where that goddamn mm-hmm. trip, trigger thing is back and you're just like, <laughs> totally. I can't believe I'm doing this again. You know, it's seriously. Like- The other day I was writing in my journal and just kind of doing this mid-year reflection and I pulled some tarot cards and I pulled the tower card, which (laughs) is about foundational beliefs and systems crashing or this chaos and however you want to receive it, you could receive it as fear or you could receive it as love. Like what are, what is going to come down so you can rebuild Mm -hmm. again? Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I was just like, what? Not again. I've been pulling this card. Uh, so many times over the last three years, when will it be over? And that's when I realized, well, maybe it's not supposed to be over. Like the fact that you keep coming back to what is in your control and what is not, like where is your power in this present moment? Maybe that's, that's actually the biggest gift. And, you know, sometimes too, like 
foundational crumbling. I mean, uh-huh. always. I'm going to say always. Always. Foundational crumbling <laughs> is like leads to like just really good shit. It's like Seriously. that's the good stuff, you know, and not that it's not hard and painful, but I feel like that's where life gets better. And, and it's usually the stuff that you don't need anymore that needs to go. Right. And it's, it's usually because it's so hard to let go of the stuff that we don't need anymore. And sometimes we need like the, the like tower falling to, to get it, to get it, to force us to move on into like our next, we're like up leveling. It's like, yeah, our we're next stepping iteration. Up to that pedestal. <laughs> yeah. Like I would never go back to before. I, I'm so happy to be moving forward and growing and, and healing. And, you know, maybe I can say that because my body is kind of working okay right now. And, you know, things and relatively, you know, in an okay spot that way. But I do feel like it just gets better, you know, when we are willing to, to keep growing and asking questions and listening and opening up. And well, you kind of just answered my final question, which was if you could give your past self advice about letting go so you could step up so you can like touch that pedestal or you can claim your sovereignty i still actually have some discomfort around saying sovereignty self-sovereignty but i'm really embracing it so if you could give your past self any advice about how to let go or what to let go what would that be Oh, it's such a juicy question. But I guess the first thing that came to mind because it's been so profound for me is just taking the first step to, you know, not over overthinking the first step. If you have an idea, if you, you are curious about something, if you're pulled towards something, trust that first idea. Don't go into like, you know, what is the end goal? What is that supposed to look like? If you get into that space, just like bring it back to like, what is the first step I I can take towards this idea? Whether it's like just ordering a supply or getting into nature, whatever it is, you know, if you want to start running or something and you haven't in a long time, just like put on your stuff and step outside. I think it's really been huge for a lot of us, I'm sure, just like really perfectionistic. And that was a huge wall for me. So just taking the first step, whatever that is. And, and you actually don't know what the next step will be. Usually you think, you know, and you don't until you're doing that first step. So I think that's what I'd say. I don't think, I don't think I would listen though. No, I don't think she would listen, <laughs> but you know, but you know what I see there is like little Kathleen and little Karen, we have these impulses of things that just spark joy in us that make our heart sing. And we just want to do it. And over our adulting life, we start overthinking these impulses, questioning them, and we don't just go for them. And so what you say about just taking that first step, it's just like, just just respond to that impulse. Just feel it, receive it, and see where it takes you next. And that being okay. Mm-hmm. And not mm-hmm. know, and that's back into and not, not knowing. knowing because kids don't care. They, they like, don't. Right. Like our kids, beautiful. when they just follow their impulse, they don't know what it's going to lead to. They're not thinking, how am I going to monetize this? Is this my <laughs> yeah. strength? Is, is this my purpose in the world? Is this my best way of spending time? I have to be the best to show up. So like, exactly. I'm just going to have to practice privately for a while before I'm allowed right. to like show myself <laughs> out in the world. But, yeah. And I, 
And again, it's because our kids don't have the levels of responsibilities that we That's have. Right. But at the same time, what if one of our responsibilities were to follow these creative impulses? Oh, and I believe that they are. I believe it's our, I think it's deeply important to the human experience. And if it's available, because I know it's not always available to everyone. If it's not available, you take it in tiny little bite sizes. It it just, you know, I remember those early days with like a baby and you had no autonomy. <laughs> you had no space for yourself. And I know this is just like a little bit of being held back from things, but I'm reflecting my experience of it. And, and it was so hard to take space for myself. Like there was also just like control issues that I had. It was just like, well, I have to do everything. I have to do this. Nobody else can. 20 minutes had to be what I got maybe, you know, if I was lucky on a day. And what did I do with that 20 minutes? And how did I use it? And it made a huge difference depending on what I did with that space, you know, and it was good enough. And and it took years to build it and build it and build it. And I'm grateful that I kept at it, even when I kind of lost hope sometimes that I would like ever get space again. You know, <laughs> I hear you. Simple. Um, and profound. <laughs> simple and profound. Usually simple. Yeah. Thank you, Kathleen. Thanks, Karen. I Where? love talking to you. <laughs> oh my gosh. So uh, listener, dear muse, you are hearing what it's like for to have coffee with Kathleen. <laughs> this is Anytime. this is just a regular hang for us. <laughs> Kathleen, can you tell the listener where they can find you if they're curious to find your work or to learn more about you? Yes, the best place to find me is on Instagram. And my business is Color Coven, but I got Coven of Color on Instagram. It was taken. So it's color in the Canadian way. So C-O-L-O-U-R. So Coven of Color. I share all kinds of things there. I'm doing a bunch of different events in Toronto this summer. So I'll be at couple farmers markets. I'm going to an, a raw artist event in July. Yeah, I'm just always doing l- different little things. I have a piece in a gallery in our neighborhood. And so yeah, you'll check out if you check out my Instagram, everything is there about what's coming up and what I'm up to. I have a little shop through there. So yeah, I'd love to if you came by and said hi. Thank you, Kathleen. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Karen. This is the best. Wasn't this the best? This the was best. so much fun. Thank you for listening to the Secret Muse Society. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you haven't yet, please go to Apple Podcasts to rate and review this podcast so other modern muses like you can find us too. I invite you to continue the conversation and connect with me on Instagram at karenchoy.co. Join me next week for more secrets inspired by you. I'm Karen Choi. Until next time, stay gold.